Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing with episode number, what are we on, 31, 32? Uh, Anyhow, we are somewhere up there now, and uh, it's been fun. If you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. If you have uh, been here before, welcome back. And uh, as always, thank you for stopping by and checking out what's going on in uh, in the market and in the economy right now. And, uh, you know, another busy week out there. We've had plenty going on. We've had earnings reports. We've had some different plans from different companies and metaverse talk, Fed announcements or, and, you know, different things going on with the Build Back Better, uh, all different types of things going on. So bunch of different things to cover here today. But, uh, you know, if you could take a minute to subscribe uh, and share the podcast, as always, that means the world to me. I'm really trying to build out a community and uh, we can also be reached on the Facebook group. And, uh, you know, we share some different things that come up in uh, in real time over there. So that's just Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. But uh, yeah, we had uh, Apple come out and, uh, you know, they want to get into the autonomous car market. They plan to build something by 2025. Uh, and, you know, they they really needed a catalyst as to what they're doing. They really haven't been pushing the envelope. They haven't been reinventing themselves so much here lately. You know, it's kind of been iPhone, Max, and, uh, you know, they, they do a little bit with the uh, the iTunes store and all that as well, you know, but that's it's kind of been, you know, what, 12, 14 years now they've been doing that same sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, they, they really were looking for another growth driver. They are, you know, two and a half trillion dollar valuation right now. They are massive, absolutely massive company. And they have about $230 billion sitting. Uh, And, you know, they don't really like to do too much in the way of mergers and acquisitions. They don't really buy too many companies. Uh, I think the last thing that they did was buy the Beats headphones. And uh, that was, I think, the only real notable um, purchase that they made recently was uh, for the Beats headphones. So it's good to see them try something new. I definitely think they will be a uh, a force to be reckoned with if they get it right. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I think it was Thursday this past week, we saw uh, Rivian and Lucid take a huge nosedive. I think they were down about 16, 17% uh, in a day. And, you know, I, I guess it kind of leads me to our last episode, I said, you know, these are getting a good bit high. If you want to take a little profit off the table, go for it. Um, you know, the, these smaller stocks that are got these ridiculously high growth and uh, valuations on them certainly are going to be the first ones that get, that get knocked down when a company like Apple announces that they're going to be doing something that these other companies are doing. Uh, they've got more resources. They've probably, you know, they got more people working for them. They, they've got They've got it all, really. So uh, when Apple steps into the spotlight, everyone else takes notice and uh, they're going to get hurt. Uh, But as I say that, you know, Lucid has bounced back. uh, I mean, right now, today on Friday, we're about 11% up. So 
they definitely bounced back, but that uh, that Apple news certainly hurt. Uh, you know, on Thursday, and you know, I haven't really paid attention to Rivian today, but uh, it's definitely out there. The competition is getting fierce, and uh, you know, when more people come into that same space, there there's only so so much room in the market for you know how many car manufacturers do we really need, or who's going to be the best. Uh, and you know, I think Apple's going to. Uh, position themselves as a premium type product as they do in everything else. They don't they don't want the the thirty thousand dollar EV. I'm sure they want to go for that higher end uh, and really go up against some of the luxury cars and have that you know premium offering that is Apple specific. And I'm sure they will have a following. It just uh, makes you think you know is is someone with their tesla model s or their lucid air dream edition going to sell that and get an apple car uh maybe maybe not you know time is way too early to tell right now we don't even know what apple has on the books uh but it does make a little bit more fear a little bit more competition out there so definitely take that into account uh, i've always said apple is a own it do not trade it uh, and you know, that being said, I did trade it earlier this year. I, I sold out uh, around 155 and bought back in sub 140. I've got the same position size now. I just lowered my cost. I eh, probably actually increased my cost basis because I bought at 140 when uh, some of those shares that I had had previously, I probably bought in the 90s or so. So my, my cost basis probably went up, but I pocketed a little bit of cash and then bought back cheaper. Uh, but that's just kind of a little accounting thing as to why my cost basis is probably higher, but I took some of that profit. Anyhow, um, yeah, so we just got to figure out where they're going. Tesla obviously has a head start. You know, they, they've been building them for probably about nine years now. I think the Model S came out in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, by the time Apple comes out with a car in 2025, uh, Tesla's got all that tech already built in. They've got all the batteries. They're, they're working on all the, the self-drive and everything else as well now. Uh, and that is an option on their cars currently for, uh, I believe it's about $10,000 right now for the uh, full self-drive. And, uh, you know, it's already out there. I'm sure Apple will take it to the next level and it'll be a back and forth as to who's got the best tech and where you really want to put your money when you're looking to buy an automotive or automobile. And I'm sure that that tech is going to get further and further. And I mean, I guess any more cars aren't just cars. They're, they're a piece of working technology. And that's really where the whole market seems to be going. And uh, it, it's got to have so many sensors and, you know, every, every which thing is a button anymore or, or, you know, button lists in the way of touch screens, but uh, there's just so much more tech packed into these cars. And I, I think that that battle is really going to heat up here soon. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, we also had uh, Qualcomm setting new all-time highs. And they really think that they are going to branch out of just that uh, chip play that uh, they were making. I think 20% of their business was Apple, I want to say. Uh, for the iPhone. And now they want to step out of that. They really want to get into the future. They want to be that premium chip provider. Uh, they have big plans to to take over the 5G uh, tech space. They, they really want to get into the metaverse. Uh, they, they've got big growth, uh, lofty, lofty dreams that hopefully we can see some of that happen. Uh, and 
this is one in the in the 120s when I called it. I said this one it needs to be bought. This is a long term for me. I've held this one for quite some time now. I mean, this is probably one of my oldest holdings. Um, I can take a look here, but they have, like I said, big lofty ambitions of where they want to go. They want to get out of having uh, just a handful of customers. They really want to branch out and supply their chips to a lot of different people. And, uh, you know, for that reason, they've, they've really opened that uh, floodgate of where they look to go and how they look to get there, the customers they're looking to align with. Uh, they've got a lot of different things going for them. And I really hope that they can, um, you know, see, see some of these things through. And uh, I'm on Qualcomm on my portfolio now. I just want to see uh, where I did start that or how long I've been holding this one. I know it's since uh, about 90. Let me go back. 92.50 is my cost basis on it but when did i first purchase this one was june 15th of 2017 so yep been holding this one a good while uh and those i actually bought at 55 bucks that's pretty awesome but uh yeah so this one is one that i still think is a good long-term hold i will continue to hold this one i will add if it gets back down to some of those uh, previous levels we were looking at probably in the 130s, 140s, I would add, but I've already got a sizable position. Uh, if you don't have a position in one of these names that we're looking at, Appiet, Apple, Qualcomm, uh, NVIDIA, uh, any of them really that are are at those all-time highs, I say if, if it's a place you want to put some money, like I've, like I've said before, dollar cost average in, buy a little bit now, buy a little bit next month little bit the you know following month uh and and just keep adding to build a, a position and uh, i think it'll serve you well long term and uh you know the the next one that i wanted to get in here was nvidia and uh this is one that i don't have this is one that always seemed expensive to me and you know up another eleven dollars and 41 cents three and a half percent today uh this one still seems expensive to me uh, when you look at the PE on NVIDIA, we are at 97 times earnings. That is remarkably high. For a company to, you know, generally speaking, you're, you're around 18, 15 to 20, uh, depending on the company, on the industry. Uh, you know, banks are cheaper. Insurance is going to be cheaper. Tech stocks generally pull a higher multiple, but 97 times is remarkably high. Uh, Qualcomm is in a similar space, even though NVIDIA does a, a lot of the things that they do. They are the, that premium offering in the space. Uh, but I was never able to wrap my head around this one. I always kind of thought, well, Qualcomm uh, is cheaper. It pays a better dividend. It's got you know a lot of the same type of technology. Uh, so I had gone with Qual Qualcomm. Now, that has served me well. NVIDIA would have got us there quicker. Uh, they've over doubled in this past year, but they are always expensive. So for that same reason, today at 328, I'm not a buyer. Um, something tells me I probably should be at some point, but I would let this one fall back down sub 300. Uh, and if it's a, a name that you really love and I really love NVIDIA, it's not a it's not a matter of me liking the stock or not. I just could never wrap my head around the valuation. 
And, you know, that's really one of the things that I've missed out on is, is NVIDIA at this price point. Uh, it's also why it took me a while to get into Tesla because that valuation was so high, so stretched. And, you know, I guess I just want to make sure that people aren't getting burned in the market because this one has been known to fall at 15, 20% clips at a time when it does go down, which is rare. But if you, if you go and look at the chart, you can see, uh, you know, a pretty steady climb, but then there are some, some times where it did gap down. Uh, you know, we saw that earlier this year, a couple times. And, uh, even back in 2018, there was more of a steady dip, uh, from the mid sixties to, uh, the actually the lower thirties as I'm looking at the chart here. Um, but like I said, it's always, it's always an expensive stock. It always trades on a multiple north of 50 times earnings. And, uh, you know, for that reason, it's always been one that's hard to find a good spot to get in. And uh, another one that I would say is a dollar cost average. I would certainly not start a full position now. And what do I mean by full position? Whatever you're looking to put into this stock, whether it be $5,000, $10,000, $50,000, I would not do it all at one time. I would do it over uh, the next year, the you know, next three, four quarters, trade it after earnings and, or even monthly, like I said before, you know, you can slowly start this position, get you to where you want to be and, uh, and have that full position, you know, before all the metaverse kicks in before crypto really builds out as much as it's going to be. There's a lot of things that are still, uh, at the beginning of their life cycle that Nvidia uh, makes the products for or has a a big part in. So definitely take that into account before you're getting into these high flyers. Uh, they are great names. I, I'm not trying to steer you away from them. I just want to limit some of that risk because right now uh, over the past, eh, I can look at the five day, the five day chart, we were, we were 289 on the 17th and today uh, we are 328. So, you know, we, we've had a good run here. And that's what I don't want to see people get hurt on is uh, some of this. If we were to see a sell off, I would like it to be a buying opportunity more than a panic and uh, get nervous over this, uh, this stock coming back down. You know, it's got an 820 billion uh, market cap. I'm sure the analyst research is probably negative. I haven't even looked. I'm going to say it's negative because it's ran up so high. Oh, it's not eight, eight and a half percent upside. Uh, I guess a bunch of people did cover in the past couple of days. Yeah, we've got targets ranging from 350 to about 400 at Needham. Uh, so there is some upside in this one. And like I said, I, th I think it's a great stock long term. I would kind of dip my toe in before I jump in the pool on this one, though. So kind of take that into account. Uh, like I said, it's in all the right spots right now in crypto and meta and gaming and, you know, autonomous. It, they're, they're doing all of it and they're one of the best at it. Um, so, yeah, take that into account. Certainly look at uh, what options you have out there. Uh, when it comes to like the Qualcomm or AMD, uh, Intel is kind of in, in probably in the bottom place as far as what I'm looking at right now. But NVIDIA, Qualcomm, AMD, uh, all in a good spot right now. And uh, 
yeah, we'll uh, go to a break real quick. And when we come back, we will get into the Build Back Better plan. We're going to get into some quotes that we always hear as to what to do in the market. And we're going to uh, dive on in. So I'll, uh, I'll be right back after this short message. All right, guys, we are back. Um, you know, we had a bunch of different stuff going on this week. And uh, I think we started talking about this. I mean, we've talked about it in the past with the infrastructure bill. Uh, that was signed into law on uh, Monday, uh, $1.2 trillion. And uh, a lot of that money is going to be deployed over the next five years to bridges, roads, uh, broadband, water, uh, clean energy, and uh, you know, a bunch of bunch of different things. One of the things that was buried into the uh, the bill, I think, somewhere around 2040. Uh, I forget the exact page, and uh, is definitely buried in the in the bill. Was uh, some new crypto laws that they're trying to pass, or not that that they passed. Sorry, um, about uh, the different brokerages and who is going to be a uh, Considered a broker, are the miners and the stakeholders platforms, are they going to be considered brokers? And really how you're going to pay your taxes. Um, I guess long story short, if, you're, if you are at a uh, brokerage that does not have KYC, know your customer, um, like protocol, if it's some type of offshore um, brokerage that you don't have to put in your full name. You don't have to put in your license, pictures, things like that. You might be in a spot where you're going to owe more in taxes um, based on the fact of when you, for if you haven't done crypto, if you're uh, starting taking your, your money, your dollars or your fiat currency onto a brokerage and you're buying uh, crypto, like say Ethereum or Bitcoin, and then you take that Ethereum or Bitcoin and you transfer it over to another brokerage to buy altcoins, um, such as like PancakeSwap. If you are swapping onto one of those brokerages that don't have KYC uh, protocol, if they don't have that and they don't know who you are, when you bring your altcoins back to or you swap your altcoins for ethereum or bitcoin and take them back to the original brokerage uh, to get your cash out you aren't going to have a cost basis on what your coins were caught cost you when you brought them back so you're going to be taxed on that value coming back into the kyc brokerage and it's going to be a, a tax problem. So you're going to have to keep every piece of uh, documentation as to what you sold your Bitcoin for, what you're bringing it back as, and you're going to have to keep all those numbers. It's going to be a lot more of a headache than what it was before. There's a lot of loopholes on the taxes there. And that's really what they're trying to crack down on. Uh, but some of that talk about uh, who is a broker in the vague, uh, vague terms and uh, terminology that they're using there is also a bit of a problem to some. Uh, but if you are on uh, brokerages where you have to put in your, your license and your full name, your social, uh, that is probably not going to change much for you. But the people who are diving deep into altcoins, NFTs, 
uh, trading NFTs and then swapping it back to Ethereum or Bitcoin and bringing it back to another brokerage, uh, then eventually cashing out and going back to dollars, it's going to be some headaches. And uh, that that's pretty much what this new uh, bill brought forth was trying to keep everyone on a even playing field and making sure that the government is getting their tax dollars out of these people buying and selling crypto, NFTs, altcoins, all of that. Uh, so if you haven't looked into that, definitely keep an eye on it. It will be recorded to the IRS on some of these transactions. I think it's still a $10,000 uh, number. So I'm sure some will still slide under the radar. Uh, others will not. But uh, be sure that you know that it's out there. And if you're in these other uh, brokerages that don't have the KYC requirements, uh, certainly know what you're getting into and keep track of all your numbers as to your values, as to when you sold them, what they were worth. And, and you know, every, every detail that you can have is going to help you. Uh, should you get audited or anything like that, not a tax specialist. Uh, I'm not a tax specialist is what I'm saying but know what you're doing and certainly uh, take all that into account before you uh, start swapping for altcoins or NFTs or bringing them back to a brokerage. Uh, but also this week, we, uh, we had the Build Back Better plan was passed by, the, uh, passed by the House, going to the Senate, and that one is going to be doing a bunch of different things. Uh, Overall, it's going to be about $1.6 trillion of spending. They plan to raise $1.26 trillion of revenue. And a lot of that is going to be coming from taxes and uh, IRS enforcement that they are going to bump up more IRS agents and, you know, probably go after things like crypto. I'm sure that's going to be uh, harped on heavily. Uh, that is also some of the reason that we saw a downturn in crypto this week. Uh, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum were down probably between uh, 10 to 15%, depending on what you're looking at. I uh, did go ahead and take some of my stable coins that I had swapped when we failed to reach new highs uh, about a week and a half ago. We were talking about that. So I swapped some of the, my stable coins out of my earn platform. I brought it back to um, just stable coins in my crypto wallet. And then I did uh, exchange that and got more into Ethereum and Bitcoin. And I was able to buy a, around 12 to 15% less on both. Uh, so I basically just took my, my stable coins and bought back the same uh, half of my position in Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, at that discounted rate. So hopefully we don't fall too much more. But if we do, we go down another 10%. I will take the other half of those stable coins and I will be buying that dip as well. And uh, hopefully we can uh, maybe cash out and take some more gains there and then rotate back uh, at a lower point. It's uh, not my main strategy. I'm more long-term hold, but uh, you know you can certainly try to trade a little bit and get more. I, I want to have more Ethereum at a cheaper cost. And that's uh, ultimately what I'm trying to do is just build a larger position at a cheaper cost without adding too much new capital. Uh, so yeah, I'm just trying to build a, a larger position in the, the coins that I want to hold long-term. And uh, But back on the Build Back Better, we've got uh, 
preschool for three and four year olds going to be paid for uh, child care for the middle class. It's going to be more affordable and they want to put in care for older Americans. They want to do the expanded child tax credit, clean energy tax credits in the amount of about $320 billion. They want to do investments and incentives in getting clean energy technology, uh, do a rollout on that. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things for uh, kids, for seniors, for clean energy. And, you know, what else do we have? We had uh, the Affordable Care Act. They want to do tax credits on that if you're in the Affordable Care Act. And they also are trying to include hearing into the Medicare plan. Uh, I believe that's for everyone. It might just be for seniors, but I'm not too sure of the extent of that. But yeah, this is um, on the whitehouse.gov, about $1.75 and then another $100 billion for immigration as a bottom line after they totaled it. I'm not too sure what that's about, but another $100 billion for, for immigration as the bottom line. Um, we got Medicare hearing, housing, higher education and workforce, trying to get uh, more jobs to the, to the middle class, uh, equity, other investments, about 90 billion in that. But, uh, the, the big expenditure here, well, two of them is childcare and preschool, 400 billion, clean energy and climate investments, $555 billion. Um, but one of the things that really kind of doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I mean, this I know is probably a talking point in politics. I'm, I don't want to get political here, but uh, they are putting forward all these, all these expenditures and not really know where the money is coming from. They also plan to cut it down in the, uh, in the Senate. They want to reduce this, but they went ahead and passed it in the house to then have the Senate reduce it to, to get the bill finalized. And everyone knows that it's not going to come out as it was uh, originally proposed and it's going to get chopped into pieces. And this, these numbers are going to be higher here, lower there. Um, but it, it really doesn't make sense to me as to why we have this plan and we pass it knowing that that's not what the plan is going to be. But I guess it's a work in progress. I'm not too sure there. Um, so yeah, a bunch of a bunch of different changes to they say help the middle class, uh, but really right now the middle class is the the main engine to this economy. Uh, the fact that the the middle class has extra money, we're spending. Uh, there's a lot of spending that's going on for the holidays prior to Black Friday, and normally when that happens, uh, the people still shop on Black Friday. They basically spend the money twice. Uh, so if you're out there and you're looking to shop and you've already got everything, uh, hopefully you don't go and, you know, double what you were going to spend just because now on, on Black Friday, there's a, uh, a big sale on something you're looking at. But uh, uh, I guess definitely be mindful to uh, to what's out there. And, and hopefully we we have a uh, we don't spend too much and have those credit card bills be too high come uh, December, or January time frame. But uh, yeah, the, the middle class is really the driver. And I feel like if if the middle class didn't have the, the money and the other uh, the other wealth right now, the, the spending would be definitely cut. And that would certainly hurt the outcomes and the earnings of these companies that we're looking at. Because I mean, if, if the middle class doesn't have the money to buy an iPhone, 
Um, I mean, they would probably would find the money because I don't know who can't live without a, an iPhone or a, a smartphone at this point. They'd cut their money elsewhere. But basically, I mean, if, if these people didn't have the, the funds to buy these items, Apple's numbers would look bad. You know, Disney's numbers would look worse. Um, you know, McDonald's or whoever else would would be lower you know it's all all just a ripple effect as to if if the middle class runs out of money then these other companies are just going to be hurting and then the economy is going to tank they can't hire more people can't you know fund the the next project that they've got going on so hopefully the uh, the money keeps flowing and hopefully we don't go into too much debt as a country uh trying to get there so you know definitely some things to look at um, we will see what happens with the Fed chair. We will see if uh, Brainerd is uh, going to be the uh, the Fed chair or if Powell will remain in place. And that is also some, some more uncertainty that's going to be in the market as to who's going to be taking over or remaining and, you know, what their plans are going to be for the economy going forward. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of different things out there. We've also got the uh, the government uh spending and the um the budget if that's gonna we're gonna run out of money here in december or not so we got to keep an eye on that uh and basically i think right now those are the the big things we're looking at the fed the you know if we're gonna be printing more money or not the problems with uh the build back better and some of the the holiday spending in the santa claus rally is that gonna fade with uh people doing a lot of their shopping early or are we going to see a further um, increase in sales on black friday cyber monday and then you know the the, the build up towards the holidays uh so yeah we're, we're keeping all that in track we're trying to see what's going on and uh just make sure it's all under wraps right now and we are in a safe spot but uh you know i wanted to also get into some of these these stock market quotes that uh, maybe you've heard and maybe you might need some some clarification on. But, uh, you know, one that we always tend to hear is uh, time in the market beats timing the market. And uh, I definitely think that's true for, for most. I will say that that is true for most. Um, and, you know, we saw a lot of people in, you know, 08 or, you know, the housing crisis type time frame sell out of their positions and then not get back in when uh when the market was running and then it just they kept thinking it was going to fall going to fall never got back in and they missed out on years of gains um you know so i will say that trying to time a position is very difficult um you know when when apple did take that dip and i did buy the dip or i had sold out and then bought the dip i know i was doing a little bit of the timing of the market and uh you know it is risky like i said i still had most of my position there like i had most of my position in ethereum and bitcoin i did do a little bit of selling a little bit of trading but it is very difficult uh and if you are trying to do that you know you you can definitely get burned especially on uh like an overall market if you're trying to be selective and lower some uh some cash to make make rooms in other positions uh, that can certainly be done, but you know, overall, it's uh, it's not going to be your friend. And I mean, I, I guess I I do it, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. But uh, 
overall, I think most of my long positions stay where they are. Some of my my top positions don't really move too much. And my my lower positions, the tier three type positions, I will trade in and out of those. They Those aren't always super long positions for me. Uh, so yeah, I just want you to kind of take that into account and, uh, you know, yes, you might have a, a 10, 20, 30% run up. That doesn't mean you need to sell it. Uh, it can certainly run higher. Sure. It could go down lower, but in the long run, you're going to be in a better position for holding on to these stocks that you want to be a long-term player. And, uh, you know, that brings me to the next one, know the companies you invest in. And that is often one that we hear that, you know, yes, know the companies, but you really, you want to know more about them than the next person. And uh, like, I've, I've heard some people say, oh yeah, I'll buy Disney for my kids because we know Disney. You, you know, the brand, that doesn't mean, you know, the company, I, I want you to know what's going on in the company before you buy it. And, uh, Oftentimes, I think that gets overlooked. You know, I'm I'm buying Nike or I'm buying McDonald's because I've I've been there. I know what know what they're about, or I know the product. I like it. I wear it. I you know drink soda, drink Pepsi, and I think sometimes that gets a little bit confused of actually knowing the company, uh, and that also then will bring me to my next point of, uh, you know, you you might know the companies, but uh, how many do you really know? So don't go chasing a bunch of different stocks. Um, you know, I've got probably more than I should have. I've got probably around 50 right now. And I'll say of that 20 are my main positions. Uh, the rest of them are, are smaller. Um, but when you, when you want to do, know your companies, it's really hard to keep up with 30, 40, 50 companies. Uh, I would say for most people, 20 is probably a good spot to really have some diversification and also have a sizable position in these names. And we've talked before about position size. And for me, anything north of 5% is a lot. I don't want to have that much in any one name. Um, I know plenty of people that do. I know lots of people that have, you know, portfolios with five or six names, or some are even less than that. But, um, you know, it makes it really difficult to uh, to keep an eye on your portfolio when you have 40 or 50 earnings reports to know what happened and what they plan to do and where they're looking to go. It, it definitely is a lot to keep, uh, you know, an eye on. And if you're not uh, really glued to it, uh, I'm definitely glued to it. I try to keep my eye on all these earnings reports and what's going on out there. But that also makes it hard to give advice on, uh, on other stocks if I'm not, you know, paying attention to them. So sometimes, you know, people ask me about, you know, this stock or that stock. And if it's not something that's really on my radar, I can't really say, you know, it's a great buy or, you know, it's not, I don't, if I don't know what's going on with it, even though it's a company that, uh, I've seen, I like, you know, on the surface, I don't want to say, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, buying this or not without really doing that dive as to what they're doing as a company rather than, you know, Hey, yeah, they make a great cell phone and they make a great car, this or that. You really need to dive in deeper and figure out more of the unknowns, where the company wants to go, what they're doing to grow and uh, really look at the numbers and see where they're headed. Um, 
something else uh here the last one i was looking at was uh it's uh i didn't write down the whole thing and now i'm gonna kick myself for that oh yeah it says uh, i have two basic rules about winning and trading as well as in life number one if you don't bet you can't win number two if you lose all your chips you can't bet uh so fairly self-explanatory you know you need to be in the market but if you're taking on too much risk and you lose all all your chips you're going to be out of it um so again i think that's a lot to do with position size knowing your companies and also you know really taking that that risk approach and saying you know if all your companies are high flying tech companies that's probably not the best thing um for me it's not uh, you can definitely spread it out a good bit more, do some industrials, do some banks, do some tech. Uh, and there's always going to be something that's going to be doing better than the other. You know, heaven forbid the the Internet goes out or, you know, someone finds a way to shut it down um, and all the tech stocks, you know, fumble. You know, I don't want to have everyone lose all their money because all they were in is is tech stocks, you know. But at the same time, I want you in some of them to get that growth. But, uh, I like to spread my money out and have a, a little bit in, in all the industries that I want to be in that are going to give me growth, going to give me some stability and going to make sure that we get to where we want to go. And, you know, into a smooth sale at retirement is ultimately my goal, hoping for an early retirement, looking to, uh, have those dividends pay some of my uh, income as I get older here. And right now, I mean, as I've said before, I just reinvest my dividends. But at one point in time, I want to be able to cash out or not even cash out, but cash in these dividends and let them pay me to hold these stocks, you know, when I'm a bit older. And, uh, you know, that, that's why I'm in a little bit of everything right now. I want the growth, but I also want the stability. I want the dividends that uh, are going to, you know, fund my account. If, uh, if the market turns south, I still got those dividends coming in. And, uh, you know, really mix it up a bit to get a good mixture that fits what you want in a portfolio. Uh, so for that reason, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that can be one stock or that can be all in one sector. Uh, so, you know, I spread it out. I'm in more stocks than I probably should be in. I should probably limit that down a bit. But I am diversified and I'm in a bunch of different places. Uh, so that's kind of my angle on it. I just want to make sure that you guys aren't taking on more risk than uh, than you need and, uh, you know, try to mix it up. Try to, like I said, get into some of the cryptos if that's a good angle for you or, uh, you know, be in a bunch of different industries and really limit that risk, diversify. And also, like I said earlier, dollar cost average to where you can spread out your buys to where you, you don't take on all that risk at, you know, buying NVIDIA today. Uh, with all your money, but spread it out over time and, uh, you know, be sustainable in your positions and really look long term because, uh, you know, your your wealth isn't going to be built overnight. It's going to take a while. It's a marathon out there and uh, certainly look at it like that. And I think you're going to be better off in uh, 10 or 15 years. And, uh, you know, hopefully that helps you guys out. Please uh, make sure to share this with a, uh, a friend or a fellow investor. And uh, if, you know, if we brought any type of uh, value to you and you want to support the page or support the podcast, uh, there's a link on the anchor.fm slash let it grow. 
or uh, feel free to invite people to the uh, the Facebook group, Let It Grow Investing. I will have to uh, approve them, but uh, you know there was just too many scammers and spammers out there posting a bunch of different stuff into the group that I really didn't want to see. And again, didn't want anyone to get hurt off of some of these different things. Follow this Telegram or um, you know asking people for money out there. So. Um, Yep, the uh, anchor.fm slash let it grow or Facebook group. You can find us on there. If you got any questions, post it up and we'll, we'll try to answer it in the next one. Um, we are only going to be doing one episode this coming week. Uh, and, you know, Thursday's episode will not be out because of Thanksgiving. I will uh, see you guys next Monday with a, another new episode for you. And I will catch you later. Uh, Take care, have a good holiday, and uh, let's get out there and let it grow. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.